Laura on the phone. Laura's mom. I just want to thank everybody for standing up for my daughter. I just can't get over the outpour of how much they're just there. <laughs> and I just thank God that they're speaking out. Because this, this should have never happened to her. And I just, I'm so thankful everybody's just standing up beside us. And this has been really a difficult time for you. Four days. Oh, yes. <laughs> you talked about on the news tonight, four days that uh, you watched your daughter in the hospital before she passed away. Yeah. This, yeah. This, this has got to be. I stood there holding, I sat there holding her hand for four days on life support, just praying she'd come back to me. But now we all know she didn't. <laughs> but this has got to stop. This has got to stop now. I can't see anybody going through this again. This is, they've got to do something because I can't see another family go through this. She was my everything, my whole world. She was my only child. And this should have never happened. And they know it should have never happened. And what, do, uh, what, what would you like to see the Cannabis Control Commission do about this? They, they, they need to step up. They need to step up and do what's right. Nobody should have to lose their life for some industry. And that's what happened to my daughter. She lost her life for this industry. And they need to admit it. They took her away when I didn't have to lose her. And they let it happen. Knowing that it could happen. And I had no idea. I should have been protecting my daughter. And I didn't even know I should. I didn't protect my daughter. And they didn't protect my daughter. And ignorance, you know, it's so hard. That maybe I could have done something. But I didn't know. She didn't know. She didn't know anything about that this could happen. But they did know that this could happen. And they let it happen. And this has got to stop now. What would you like to see? It's got to stop now. What would you like to see happen at True Leaf? They need to take responsibility for what, what they did and what they knew. And they say that they had protective gear there. They did not. That's a lie. My daughter went to my my husband, her stepfather, asking her if he had masks that she could wear because she was having trouble breathing. So believe me, they did not have the protective gear. And they did, if they did, they didn't let their employees know it. She should have been protected. They do. They are not protecting their employees, and and it's not right. It's not right that a child had to lose her life for their ignorance and their bottom line. And it's got to stop now. It's got to stop with her because I could not handle seeing another family go through what I'm going through. Oh my God. She was my only baby. Mm. They had no right to take her from me.
We're gonna keep fighting for you. We're we're anything that we can thank do, you. Anything that we can do. Um, thank you. Again, I I I, I, I just want to let everybody know out there, McCartney, McCartney. I know McCartney very well, and I thank God that these people are standing up and speaking out now, because they have to. They have to speak out now because it's for them, their families, and anybody else that's in this industry. It's got to stop now. They need to step up and take responsibility for what's going on in this industry. And they need to stop it. Thank you so much, Laura, for calling in. I know uh, we, we were live earlier and uh, I had it on, your mic on mute. I screwed it up and I missed it. But yeah. you, you graciously called back and are like re-recording it was a traumatic yep. moment. I mean, that was that was difficult to do in front of everybody. Now it's you and I recording, which is, yep. thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Th you so much for standing up for my daughter. Thank you so much. We're going to keep on this. We are not giving up. We're going to uh, continue this to get justice for workers. Like you said, no more. It can't happen to yes. anyone else. And we're going to do it in Lorna's name. Yes. And we're going to remember Lorna forever. We're going to keep her name and her spirit alive. Yes. Thank you so much. It means so much to me. Thank you, Laura, for calling in. Thank you. Take care, Mike. You too. All right. Bye-bye, hon. Bye now. Didn't think uh, I would be talking to a stepdad and a mom about their 27-year-old child who was killed at work in a cannabis dispensary. Something that we we predicted, not just us, but people that have been guests on this show talking about the risks. It's got to change. You heard her. I don't know who at the Cannabis Control Commission or what politicians need to hear this. But if you can listen to her voice and not do something, there's something wrong with you and, and you need to resign. This has got to stop. This has got to change. Worker safety needs to be number one for cultivation and cannabis. That has to be the number one rule for large big cannabis because we know it's an issue. If not, there will be more loners. There'll be more mothers that I'm talking to on the show. And that can't be. My name is Mike Crawford. I didn't expect to be crying on my show. That's what we're down to. You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. Stupid little mask. You figure this is a multi-million dollar company, I would think, anyway. They're not giving their workers masks. She's begging me to steal masks from my shop.
start my comments by offering my deepest condolences to Lorna McMary's family, her friends, those who worked with her, and knew Lorna. What happened on January 4th of this year was sad. It was tragic and it was unfortunate. Um, this is serious. I know we have an open investigation into the incident at True Leaf in Holyoke, um, but it's also a reminder to the industry, to us at the CCC and the employees working in this sector. Employee safety and public health is crucial everywhere, but of course, in a heavy compliance industry like the cannabis industry. We, we all know this. The facility is being called the first of its kind in the industry. An employee collapsed inside Truly, Truly Eve's production facility in Holyoke after having trouble breathing. Her mom speaking out to NBC10 investigator Kathy Kathy, what happened here? And Glenn and Priscilla, Lorna McMurray went to work one day in January at True Leave and never made it home. Months later, federal investigators linked her death to her job working with ground cannabis. Now her family is calling for change. I lost my whole world. I don't even know how I made it this far without her. Laura Bruno says her world came crashing down on January 4th when her daughter Lorna collapsed at True Leaves Cannabis Processing Facility in Holyoke. And it was about 20 to 1 when I got a text from her and she texted, Mom, I'm having trouble breathing and walking at the same time. And I texted back, Lorna, I'm on my way. According to reports obtained by the NBC10 investigators, emergency crews responded to a person in cardiac arrest. Her mom says Lorna was on life support at Bay State Medical Center for four days. She died after going into cardiac and respiratory arrest from a presumed severe asthma attack. I sat there holding her hand four days on that machine, just hoping, hoping that she'd come back. The death prompted an investigation by the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. OSHA found Lorna died from occupational asthma due to ground cannabis and that workers here weren't given enough information or training related to the hazards of cannabis production or the grinding process. TrueLeave is contesting OSHA's findings. A spokesperson tells us PPE was available on site to all employees and that air quality tested throughout the facility during the OSHA inspection was at well below acceptable ranges. She was a wonderful little girl. Her family says Lorna smoked marijuana recreationally but never had asthma until she began to work at Truly. They say she was rushed to the hospital two months before she died after having trouble breathing while working with ground cannabis. That's where it all came out that she was developing asthma. That's why she took a concern to the supervisors. Why didn't she just not work there anymore? Well, you can say, you know, why didn't she just quit? But, you know, it's not easy to find a job. And she was making good money. She really enjoyed working there. Obviously, I'm concerned. Senator John Bayless says worker safety, no matter what industry, is key. I know that uh, the company is, I guess, refuting might be the right word, some of the findings of OSHA. So I want to sit back and see where that goes. But obviously, on any work site, what is absolutely paramount is the safety of the employees. I never want to see anybody go through what I've had to go through. I miss her so much. 
And Ocean noted that despite this being a relatively new industry, research has shown employees are at risk for developing allergies to marijuana and that managing these allergies is difficult. The state's Cannabis Control Commission is also investigating. Kathy Curran, NBC10 Investigators. Welcome, we're live. Mike Crawford. Man, I forgot to uh, put my suit jacket on. I'm... uh... Yeah, I'm missing a few things today. This story is affecting me. It's, uh, you can't help it. I just want to give uh, a huge support and love to David and Laura, the mom and dad. I mean, they're just four days, four days you watch your child in a hospital. We're the Young Jerks. My name is Mike Crawford. I'm kind of breaking down. I got to admit, I am. Uh, we got a good show tonight. We got a lot of people in the uh, green room. We're going to bring up a friend right now. A lot I could say. One thing I do want to say is we found out today that the Cannabis Control Commissioner, some of them, at least one of them, Bruce Stebbins, it sounds like two of them, Shannon O'Brien was the, the new chairman, but Bruce Stebbins had been sworn in way before, you know, before this happened. And he didn't know about this until we reported on it. He didn't know. So there seems like there's a cover-up within the Cannabis Control Commission. That came out. That was excellent reporting today from Commonwealth Magazine. Shara doing a follow-up. She's done a great reporting. There's a lot of thank yous. I know I've been uh, complaining about some of the Boston media not doing their job, but a lot of people are doing their job. Kathy Curran, excellent reporting. The only thing I'll take note of that I don't agree with is the cannabis allergy. It probably does exist. But I don't think this is allergy. I think that this is dust, too much dust and what's in the dust. And sometimes it's mold and other issues, powdery mildew, other contaminants. These are dangerous work sites. They're not being treated that way and they're not getting the training. We're going to speak to a bunch of whistleblowers tonight. Also taking your phone calls. I think uh, the executive for the Cannabis Control Commission has to do a press conference. He has to come forward. He has to tell us what he knows. When did this investigation start? Why does an alcohol board similar to the Cannabis Control Commission in the same state of Massachusetts indefinitely suspend a license when there's a fatality within a month, which just happened? Uh, someone got you know murdered in March. In April, the license was suspended. We're waiting 10 months later. We have nothing. They haven't given us anything. Haven't given this family anything. So I, I want I'm asking like executive director Sean Collins. I think he should resign at this point. He can go work for True Leaf because that seems like what he's doing right now. Is he looking for the next big job with big cannabis? Is that what's going on here? Because it seems like he's the guy who controls. Somebody's controlling it. It doesn't seem like the cannabis control commissioners are. They didn't even know this happened. So I'm going to bring up a, a, a friend. I'm going to have to tone it down now because we have a friend, someone who who is a friend of Lorna. Waiting in the green room. I'm going to bring her up right now. Try to capture my breath a little bit. McCartney Ford, are you there? Hey, Mike, how you doing? How you doing? How are you All doing? Right. All right. I mean, it's been hard. I mean, especially after just watching that. And, you know, seeing how emotional Lorna's mom, Laura, was, 
it's, it's difficult. I know that uh, Lorna was Laura's whole world. I mean, she lived with her and they were extremely, extremely close. I remember, um, you know, I haven't seen her in a bit, but I did see her a couple of days after Lorna passed and, you know, it was very, very hard for her to keep it together, which, you know, obviously, but I, I don't think it's getting any easier for her. And I don't think it's going to get any easier for a while because, you know, she doesn't really have answers. You know, there's, there was no reason for this. This could have so easily been prevented. That's, that's truly what I believe is this could have been very easily prevented. You know, she was having breathing issues and, you know, she, she texted more than one person. I know she texted her mom and I know she texted another friend. Um, the day of the incident, saying she was having some breathing trouble. She didn't know if it was an asthma attack, a panic attack. She didn't know what was going on, but she knew it was bad. And then, you know, the next thing that I heard of, because I had actually been texting her that whole day, didn't hear back, was kind of confused. She always texts me back. And next thing you know, I hear she's in the hospital and it, it's, it happened at work. So this is the second time now that she was brought out by ambulance while at True Leaf. So my belief is, you know, if you work for a company and you're there on their time, they need to be held responsible for something that happened to you on their time. And so I don't think they're really holding themselves responsible at this point. I think it's, you know, I think that everything they're saying is honestly BS. Their, their whole statement about um, all of their 9,000 employees of True Leafs are family. Uh, well, I don't know what kind of, I don't know how they treat their family, but I certainly wouldn't kind of push aside my family member who was just, just passed away at 27 years old. I don't know about you, but that's, that's not how you treat family. So, and that's, that's all they really had to say on the whole matter that this, this time is, their 9,000 employees are family to them. And I don't think anybody who treats their employees that well would ever be saying, um, I want to say this was back in the summertime that Lorna had called me one day out of nowhere. And she knows that my husband works in cultivation and said something to me about, you know, I think it's really weird and it's kind of making me uncomfortable, but I'm having somebody from work that's been, I've been telling them, reporting it to them that there's mold in the marijuana that's in that, that's at True Leaf. And they're telling me it's all right. Just put it in the, in the pre-rolls. If we roll it up into the pre-rolls, it'll be fine. Now, I don't know how it's passing, you know, all the the checkpoints, but it's getting out there. It's getting out there in those pre-rolls. You can do a simple Google search and you'll see it on Reddit all over the place of all the people who are getting mold in not only their pre-rolls but i mean in their flower um and not just in massachusetts i mean all over florida california it's everywhere so that that right there is like a, a huge red flag to me if that's if that's getting through what else are they doing that's not that's not up to par and i'm finding all sorts of things <laughs> yeah, especially yeah, you know, to workers yeah look right. let me ask you this uh you you were friends with Lorna. Tell us about Lorna. What kind of person she was? Any stories about her? Anything specifically that stands out to you? Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, Lorna and I have. I'm going on thirty. Her and I met, I think, at fourteen. 
Um, <laughs> I used to take the bus. I lived in West Springfield. She lived in Westfield. I used to sneak on the bus in the center of town and get on the bus, go hang out in Westfield all day long, and then hop back on the bus to West Springfield before my mom get, got home to hang out. <laughs> So that's how long I've known Lorna, and um, her and I had very similar music tastes. Not many people have the same type of music tastes as her and I. Evanescence and Paramore and <laughs> all that stuff from back then. But um, she was certainly one of a kind. You know, I've known her for about 15 years, and her and I had lost touch for the past few years and then been talking for, I don't know, probably about past 18 months or so her and I talked quite regularly leading up to her death and um you know she's a friend where you could uh, not talk for a decade and then called her and said hey you know I need I need help and she'd be there for you you know no questions asked friends family she considered any of her friends family um she had a lot of close close friends you know every time she got out of work she'd want to go to her you know any of her friends' house, talk to her friends, be with friends, be with her parents. Her parents were a lot to her. And she was doing so well. I mean, this was honestly something she had wanted to do for so long, be in cultivation, be in this industry. Her getting this job was, I mean, she had had a couple of jobs leading up to this job. And, you know, it was whatever. It paid the bills. But this is what she ultimately wanted to do. And she was so happy. I mean, I remember her calling me the week she got this job. She's like, man, I'm, I'm in. I'm in the door. I got my foot in the door. I'm finally in cultivation. I mean, I'm a floater right now, but I'm going to get there. I'm going to get to cultivation. and I'm going to work my way up. I'm like, that's, that's awesome. I mean, she was so, so happy about it. She bought her first car. She was supporting, you know, her family financially in some ways, you know, trying to help them out, trying to finally, you know, do what they did for her. She was just so happy. She was in a really good, good spot. And then for this to have this, you know, to end the way it did, it's just, it's unbelievable to me because it's like, I have a six-year-old daughter. I mean, my daughter pretty much knows how to do CPR. So how hard is it to teach your employees CPR? And if you have this, you know, safety manager put in place who, who got a promotion a month later, no less, what were they doing at this time? Because, you know, like I said, my husband's in cultivation. And let me tell you, there's, in every place he's worked in New England, there's cameras in every single room except for the bathrooms. So somebody's watching those there's security in every room somebody's there no matter what even if you're working alone somebody's there so why did it take so long to address what was going on i mean she was obviously texting people saying that she wasn't feeling right so i'm sure somebody noticed that leading up to her actually not being able to breathe and then if you have this safety manager what were they doing why weren't they addressing these protocols and these, you know, all these things put in place. Typically industries of this size, facilities of this size in this industry, I should say, have things put in place. They have, and I'm 90% sure Lorna said that she got an employee handbook. So that means they do have one. They have a handbook in place. So to my belief, there's probably something, I'm, I'm looking at my husband's workbook, which is not for TrueLeave, it's for a different company in Massachusetts. 
And it, there's a whole section here that says emergencies in the workplace, which goes on to talk about what to do in medical emergencies. And a medical emergency would include, uh, let's see, it, it would include, you know, respiratory issues, delayed breathing, anything like that. So that would all fall into the category of what Lorna was having going on. The first step is to call 911, obviously, immediately. Then to look for a medical alert or tag. If that can't be found, the employee with current CPR and or first aid certification should immediately start CPR or first aid if found necessary. So you're telling me not one of those people in that building was first aid or CPR certified? I just renewed my certification this past year. It was a couple hours online. I didn't even have to go in. I did. I went in to, to re show my breaths. That's it, which took five minutes. And none of these people did that, but you have a safety manager who got a promotion a month later. That just that just rings a whole bunch of, it just there's a whole bunch of red, red flags going on there. You know? Yeah, people are commenting. Uh, my friend Donna Hackett, she said, wow. Yeah, no kidding, wow. This is the way it works at these places. Worker yeah, safety I mean, is the last thought scary. thing. A every cannabis place should be doing CPR for their workers right now. Paid CPR Absolutely. training. It's uh, just yeah, an hour I mean, or two. I, Ridiculous. I don't even work in cultivation. And I, right. I was I, paid camp counselors get it. CPR. I mean, yeah, yep. everybody I gets it. I was paid. And yeah. they paid for my courses. And they paid me for my time to take it. And it's like another thing that I really just want to point out too that is to my knowledge... Lorna not only didn't have proper PPE, personal protective equipment, but she also was not wearing, she was wearing street clothes. That's another strange thing to me. You know, again, my husband is in cultivation. He wears scrubs. Now these scrubs, he puts them on in a locker room, immediately goes into the cult room. And when he walks back out, say he's going for a lunch break, he takes off those scrubs, puts a new pair of scrubs on when he goes back in a hairnet, beard net, double masking. He even has a $200 pair of special glasses for the lights on the, on the plants that he wears during that time. Lorna did not have any of this. He even, even has shoes that he only wears in the cultivation room. But as soon as Lorna told them, which she, you know, like you mentioned early in the video with her asthma, she should have never been in processing and she should have never been in cultivation again. She was, she was hired as a floater. So that means there's plenty of other jobs in that facility that she could have worked in and that would have been done safe just as well. And that would have yeah. been safe for her. Exactly. And if they couldn't have done that for whatever reason, she should have had tons of PPE given to her and provided for her. Exactly. And what went from there, and that wasn't even done, and that would be, that would have been bare minimum if if she insisted on being in cultivation and and you know all of that. But she should have never been in there. And let me tell you, I know for a fact that that her work was well aware that she was diagnosed with that asthma and she was having those breathing issues. I mean, she left in an ambulance prior to the death, so it's not like it was a secret. It was it was well known. So there's, there's, I love that you bring up, on. you're bringing up solutions and, and real practicality here. Cause this is what's needed. Um, let me ask you another question, McCartney. Um, yeah. what do you think 
the solution like like the cannabis control commission hasn't done anything would you like to see them shut down true leaf do you like what do you think they should be doing right now i mean if they're not shut down they certainly need to do a full 180 there um i mean every one of their employees should be first aid and cpr certified first aid cpr and aed certified i should say um and this this safety manager clearly needs to sit down and reevaluate what what they're doing i mean have they um have they read their <laughs> have hmm. they read their job description have they read their employee handbook um do they have a plan of what to do god forbid this happens again or are they just going to wait till it's too late i mean that's that's my main question but at this point, knowing that True Leaf has not, this is not the first time an incident happened, um, I don't know. I think it's it has a lot to it has a lot to do with what's being done and how the company is being run. In my opinion, I don't think this is just a freak accident of, um, you know, it happened one time. God forbid. I think that this is going to continue happening unless some huge changes are done or they're ultimately shut down. I mean, as sad as it is, I, I hope to God that this doesn't happen to anybody else, especially somebody so young, 27 years old. She had a whole life out of her. You know, she had, she has friends and family who will never be the same again. A parent should never, ever have to lose their child, especially not at 27. I mean, she was at the peak of her life in totally just loving every bit about life for the first time in a really long time and then it came to this horrible halt and it, it just should have never happened if there's a safety manager and these supervisors and all these people you know put in place what are they doing where were they and why do they have absolutely no plan in place they can say they have a plan in place but they obviously don't know how to put that plan into action when something actually comes about obviously so lot, that's my lot, main concern definitely a lot of questions and issues on implementation i want to thank you so much you're a friend of lawner i know it must be very difficult to be talking about this right now thank you for coming yeah. on tonight Macari. Yeah, thank you mike do you have any thank last you. words for our audience about this situation before we let you go um, no, really more so to, you know, her mom and dad and just hope they know that I'm thinking of them still. I know we haven't talked in a while and I just hope that, you know, if anybody from True Leaf is listening, that they get their act together and they, you know, CPR is so easy. <laughs> That's my number one thing. I really can't say that enough. It's, it's so it. simple. They, as, upon hiring everybody, it should be mandatory that CPR is learned. That's it. It's, it's that simple. How about the first day they teach it? I mean, it's so, or the first 100%. week, you know, whatever, you know, maybe they do it once a month, whatever it is, but right. you need to have a regular CPR training that when you're a new employee, you get it. And that's it. It's, it's it makes so much sense. I'm glad you've, you're really good at this because I've done radio for a while and, you know, this kind of talk thing and repetition is the key. You must have got CPR in so many times, McCartney. It's you're like a professional. Man. I mean, yeah. It's, it's just so easy too. Like I said, my six-year-old, she she was home when I was taking the recertification course, and I had to do CPR and the little dummies online. And she's like, "Mom, that's so easy." 
Yeah. I said, I know. So if you can do it, then, you know, how hard is it to teach your employees? Like, like you said, even if they did something once a month where everybody got together and all the new employees went in and they did that, it costs like, I think it's like 75 bucks for your certification. And my work literally wouldn't even let me start working until I had that done. And I got paid for my time, which is how it should be, I think, anywhere in any job. No matter where you're working, you never know what will happen. I mean, this just you shows know. you never know. <laughs> you never this know. This just this proves that. Yeah. We got some comments. Donna Hackett wrote, "Thank you for speaking up." Uh, she also made a comment. Yeah. She thinks an EpiPen on site should be there as well. Which I absolutely. Yeah, I mean, typically most places do have like an EpiPen and a big first aid kit on the wall, which. I really, I don't know if that's the case with Trulief. I don't know what they have on site. I don't know if they even have AED on site. And if they did, unfortunately, obviously nobody knew how to use the AED. So. Excellent. Oh, I want to thank you so much for calling in. Uh, we got another comment too for you. Some uh, Facebook uh, poster said, I'm very sorry for your loss. And mm -hmm. we all are. We're really sorry for the friends, family, coworkers of Lorna and it's uh Really brave of you to come on here tonight and speak about this. I want to thank you so much, McCartney. Yeah, thank you, Mike. We're the Young Jerks, and we've got some other guests that we're going to bring up. That was McCartney. She was awesome. Uh, she, uh, you know, it's really tough situation. But we're going to bring up some other folks because we, we've got, like, whistleblowers calling us from all over the country and two of them I wanted to bring up because I thought they have really good stories. And I just want to, you know, preface this, you know, their stories are complicated or long and we could spend all night on them both. And they're good people. And they just are, you know, agreeing tonight to give us an introduction to them. Um, and I just want to remind people, because I know there's all those YouTube, there's a thing where people go after victims and it's bullshit. And that's why people don't speak up about atrocious things. And then Lorna ends up dead, you know, and these two folks, they speak up. They, they're folks, that, they're heroes to me. They're whistleblowers. They're people that have done, have written records. They've kept track of things. They've stuck, stood up for themselves, but more, more importantly, they've stood up for the other coworkers. I'm going to bring them up both together. Uh, one is from Florida. And the other one is from Massachusetts. Uh, the Massachusetts, this, the the uh, sir, the gentleman, he filed an OSHA complaint against INSA, their cultivation site in East Hampton. So we're going to bring him on the show right now. And we're also going to bring up Jade, who is a similar whistleblower in Florida. They have stories. We're going to just have them introduce themselves right here. Let's start with the lady. Jade, how would you introduce yourself and your story at this point? And maybe um, say something about Lorna, I guess, because I know you've been following that as well. Sure. Yeah. Well, first, you know, I want to say that um, I appreciate everything that McCartney just said. She brought up a lot of very valid points, and I agree with every everything she brought up. Um, safety, in my experience in this industry, has definitely not been a priority and there's been a huge lack of organization, leadership, execution, um, and we have a lot of work to do. As far as uh, my story goes, um, I've been through a lot in my cannabis journey. Um, 
you know, varying from things like stalking, sexual harassment, um, ozone exposure. I've definitely can speak on um, the uh, issue with Lorna specifically, like the hazards that you face when you're in a production facility, especially when you're processing flour or especially trimmers and people that work in harvest, the hazard you're exposed to definitely aren't talked about as much as they should be. And I definitely don't want Lorna's death to be in vain. This is the time for people to speak up. This is the time for people to address these issues because unfortunately people just aren't educated and workers themselves aren't educated. The people they work for aren't educated. There's just a lot of work to be done. Thank you. Uh, ozone. That's like a new thing that I'm learning about. And you actually got poisoned. That's pretty crazy. How did that happen? Yeah. Tell us about that. So, I mean, I don't know if I would consider it a poisoning necessarily, but I definitely had an incident occur that um, caused me to experience symptoms like Lorna had where I had difficulty breathing. Um, typically, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about ozone outside of like that atmosphere but because to be honest with you i didn't know that ozone was something that was used in businesses you know i just thought it referred to the atmosphere but uh apparently ozone there are things called ozone generators and they can be used for varying uses such as purification maybe of the air um, i'm not sure if there's other uses for it but um, in my case, um, I believe there was an, the day that it happened, there was um, an ozone test occurring. I don't exactly know what the parameters are of, of that are or, you know, what that necessarily entails because, well, one, I wasn't educated on it. And I also wasn't even aware that something like that was occurring that day. And so there's this room in the back of the cultivation facility where I guess these generators are. And on that particular day, I was just going into the back to complete my side work for the end of the day. Um, you know, there was PA, we, uh, for the tanks, um, we have pH up and down that we stored in that room. And that room is kind of also used as a storage facility area. So just going in there to refill some pH up and down bottles to end my daily tasks for the day. Um, so when I walked into the room, first of all, there wasn't a sign on the door, or anything saying that something ha was occurring or had occurred. Um, so, you know, I, I'm walking in thinking just a normal day. I walk in and immediately can feel like the pressure in the room is different. Like I kind of felt something on my forehead. So I was like, all right, I can tell something is going on in here. So I don't feel right. Let me get out. So I was in there for maybe only 30 to 45 seconds, right? So I leave and I go to report it to my manager immediately. Like, hey, you know, I think someone just needs to check on the air quality in this room. Make sure everything's good. Or because you never know, like, if there's a leak of a gas, I mean, you're not going to be able to see that. And so a lot of gases are odorless. So unless you know what you're dealing with, you're not going to know if something is going on. 
So, you know, I reported to my manager. He was like, all right, um, how are you doing? You know, I was like, I have a headache, but I think I'm okay. And then he goes in there to check it. And he's like, yeah, you know, something does seem off in there. And I was like, okay. And then they were like, let's, uh, let's get a sign back on the door. So apparently there was a sign created for this already, but it wasn't on the door for whatever reason. And then, you know, I was like, all right, well, you know, I still have a headache. So I was like, I'm just going to go wash some dishes for the rest of the day. I had like 30 minutes left of the day. So I was like, I'm just going to do something simple, you know, and as I'm doing dishes, like I can, I can feel myself getting worse. Like my throat's getting tight. I can tell I'm having respiratory issues all of a sudden. So I tell my manager, I'm like, Hey, I got to get out of here. Like, I don't feel, I don't feel well at all. So I go out of the cultivation facility to the break room and I'm deteriorating quickly. Like I sit down and I'm uh, struggling to breathe so much that I can't even get words out. And all my co coworkers start showing up. Um, you know, I had tunnel vision, so I don't really know exactly what was going on around me at this moment, you know, because I'm <laughs> trying to breathe. My friend gives me her inhaler and that helps me kind of come to a little bit. Then I go outside, I, you know, they move me outside and I'm sitting there. I'm kind of catch my breath a little bit. And um, then, they're, you know, they're like, okay, well, you need to go to this facility. You need to go to our, you know, medical facility. I guess that they're insured through or whatever. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I definitely want to get checked out and make sure I'm okay. Cause I didn't, at this time, I didn't know what ozone was. I like, like that. I didn't know what the dangers are of inhaling it. I've never had a reaction to like a gas like that before. So I really didn't know what was going on. I just want to make sure I was okay. So my friend drives me, first of all, no one, no one asked if I had a ride to the doctor. Um, thankfully, my friend was there and she was able to do it, but nobody was like, let me make sure she's got a ride to the hospital. Let me, you know, make sure she doesn't have to worry about that. And um, then I try to go to the medical facility they sent me to. They're not even open. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So, you know, because if you're going to have a facility that runs 24 seven and most cultivation sites do have somebody that maybe comes overnight, you know, you should have, if you're going to have a facility that you want people to go to, it should be open 24 seven, you know, because now I have to, then I had to pivot, go to the hospital, make sure I had a ride to the hospital, make sure I had a ride home. And um, yeah, it was really frustrating. I mean, thankfully I went to the hospital and, you know, I got everything taken care of and I, you know, they deemed me to be okay. But, you know, it took me about two days to not have respiratory issues after that. Mm, that's tough, Jade. That This is what we're talking about. Different dangers at these places. We got a lot of comments. My phone is ringing off the hook. Someone's trying to get through from, uh, looks like Massachusetts. So we're going to probably take their call. 413 area code been blowing me up we're not taking phone calls quite yet but we will very soon uh we have a lot of comments i want to just bring up some of them a lot of people have given praise to mccartney from the last episode uh thanks mccartney my uh, mom and dad knew how much you loved our daughter i think that is david himself uh posting on our youtube 
And mom, Laura, has also posted. Thank you, McCartney. Um, oh, man, I, I'm like every time I'm tearing up. This is a hard, you know, it's really hard. Thank you for sharing these stories, Goldie Piff wrote. Uh, thank you for reporting on this very important story, Mike. A Facebook user wrote. Uh, Laura wrote again. Thank you, everybody, for standing up for my uh, baby, Lorna. She was my whole world. Uh, so I, I want to get to, uh, you know, our other folks. Actually, I got another comment, too. I got a post because phenomenal interview. If you haven't heard it, it's uh, it made high times this week. You got to check it out. It's uh, Danny Carson. What a great interview uh, Danny gave us last week. Uh, Danny wrote, I'm proud of everyone who's speaking up. I'm proud of you, Danny. I'm proud of Lorna. I'm proud of uh, everyone who's associated with the story right now. Uh, everyone's, it's difficult. I mean, I know how difficult it is for me. I can't imagine how difficult it is for the mom and dad and, and Danny and everybody that's been just reliving this to, to do it on the show to get the message out. Uh, so let's go to Jonathan. Jonathan, you were at INSA Northampton. You filed an OSHA report. Actually, before we do that, I got to get back to Jade one second. Jade, you gave us your, some of your story. It's only part of the story. Do you want to name the dispensary where this happened? Um, yeah, it was uh, It was parallel. Mm. They're a big MSO or up-and-coming MSO. Um. I do also want to add that um, this incident was documented and reported. They have an incident reporting system and they do report all the incidents that occur or they should be anyway. And, um, you know, so there's, you know, and I would, I want to say as well, like to people that work in these facilities that when you have things like this occur, if you don't make a point to get a written document, it's only going to hurt you later if you do have health issues that come up as a direct result of whatever incident occurred to you. So, you know, I just think it's extremely important that, you know, and also too, like, not only did I get that incident report made, but I took a picture of it, like, document everything like that is my best advice to anyone and you also, I, i've got your email you have an email that you sent me that you want to kind of help other whistleblowers out there right yeah that or you know i just want to like I, I you know in my experience um especially like with my coworkers, a lot of people just aren't educated on their rights they're not really educated on you know how to protect themselves um, because also I want to mention after this ozone incident, like I got a lot of negativity from my employer, like, you know, like, like I did it on purpose or something. Um, like literally I actually, um, I had coworkers telling me that, um, they heard managers saying that I was being, they thought I was being dramatic because it was only, they're like, Oh, well, it was only, you were only in there for a few seconds. So, and I actually want to read something from the EPA's website about ozone real quick because yes. I've read they, this. This is, this because, is telling. Say it. Because it. they were acting like, you know, 
I'm being so dramatic. And I'm like, hey, just wanted to let you know that if I'm as good of an actress as you say I am, then I would be in Hollywood not working here for this hourly wage. So, you know, just keep that in mind. But um, on the EPA's website, it says uh, when ozone when inhaled, ozone can damage the lungs. Relatively low amounts can cause chest pain, coughing, shortness of breath, and throat irritation. Ozone may also worsen chronic respiratory diseases such as asthma and compromise the ability of the body to fight respiratory infections. People vary widely in their susceptibility to ozone. Healthy people, as well as those with respiratory difficulty, can experience breathing problems when exposed to ozone. So, you know, according to the EPA, you can be healthy, have no pre-existing conditions and still be exposed to an amount of ozone that causes a reaction. You know, these employers are not doctors. Um, health, <laughs> these environmental health and safety managers are not doctors. They don't, they can't tell you <laughs> that, oh, you're being dramatic. Like that didn't happen to you. Like you think I wanted to cause a scene and just not be able to breathe and go to the hospital and waste my time, waste my yeah, friends, waste time. money. Like, yeah. I mean, this is ridiculous. Workers don't want to go to hospitals. Most of us, I mean, 99% of us, I, I don't think you do. It's uh, it's gaslighting. This is what they do over and over and over again. We hear the same thing. It's gaslighting. Um, I, I, I want to thank you so much. I, I, we're going to, uh, just turn to John to have him speak a little bit. But uh, I want to thank you for bringing all of this to us, Jade. And uh, I hope you uh, stick around on the show tonight because there's a lot more to come on uh, what you're talking about too. The ozone, like why it even happens. Like why do we even use this stuff? We, we'll get into that hopefully. Uh, we're getting a lot of phone calls too as well. Please hold on. I know the phone line's up on the screen. Don't call yet. Just wait a little bit. We're going to open the phone lines. Uh, John. You recently had a situation. Oh, actually, before I do that, Jade, just us at protein dot proton. Uh, I don't even know how to say that. Proton dot me. Let me say that again. Jade, just us at proton dot me is the email people can contact Jade too as well. Uh, but yeah, Jonathan, and I just. Oh, ahead. sorry. No, go ahead, Jade. I no, I was just gonna say. Um... Uh, yeah, just for anyone, you know, if you're a cannabis worker in the industry, um, if you just want advice or somebody to, you know, support you, that's, that's what that email is for contact, reach out. I'd love to hear, I'd love to support other workers and just, you know, I have a lot of experience and advice on how to handle these difficult situations. So I just want to offer my support and, and be there. Thank you so much, Jade. And uh, now we're going to turn to John, who's also here on the stream. John, you filed an OSHA complaint against INSA at their East Hampton Mass Cultivation site. What's that about? What should people know? Quickly. Hey, good afternoon, Mike. Thank you. I want to thank you for covering this and thank you for having me on. And also, real quick, I just wanted to say to Lauren, Lauren's parents, uh, please, through Mike, I, I urge you to please get legal counsel and please pursue this. If you don't, they're going to get away with it. And we have to keep pushing. In fact, you're going to hear, it doesn't surprise me. That's why I asked in the chat here about the incident report. It doesn't surprise me because when I got hurt, the company didn't want to write an incident report. My bosses were 15 years younger than I was, didn't know just about, they, one, they didn't know how to write the incident report. They had to go ask somebody else. And even then it, it seemed like they were going to get in trouble because I got hurt. 
So it was, please, I don't want to write this. I don't want to have to do this. Are you okay? And, and it was one of those they didn't want to report it. And so this is something that's going on, not just here, but around the country. And I, I hope, again, to the family, there's plenty of documented evidence. I've shared a bunch with Mike. I mean, these things like you can see, it's not coming across on the screen, but as Mike's seen, I, the OSHA reports I've given to him so that you can see. And my initial report was filed on April 6, 2021. So this was well before she died, well before she died. It's not like they didn't know about this. And it had already been brought to their attention with Netta right down the road because they had problems with it too. So it's like all of a sudden, the problem is the news media. And as I showed you, Mike, I, I emailed 27 different places from federal agents to state agents uh, to local. I went through just about every news media, including, including the Boston Globe. And yet here we, we're, we're talking about this here. It's not being talked about in the mainstream. Well, I think that's starting to change over the last few weeks. I and I have After to say, people like, die. You know, does it take death? Yeah, I know, right? Have to have that's how many that's the down? truth. But I will say, I want to thanks, you know, because I don't want to be. I've been hammering on some of the Boston media for, like you said, not covering it. They've been presented it, but there's a lot of media that wasn't presented it, and once they found out, they've been all over it. And I'd say there's a good a dozen reporters covering this right now, Excellent. both locally and nationally. So we do have to be somewhat helpful right right a little yeah, bit like, I, I, I know this is the the blessing of loner and the tragedy i mean we lost somebody you're right it's it's so sad that yeah. someone had to freaking die and it was I just, Lorna, I like someone who so seems so awesome if they knew about it if they knew what the problem was and this I, this i'm here tonight to get for both cannabis workers and cannabis consumers because this is important information let me explain because Right now, the question in, in your, your previous, um, her friend who was on mentioned, well, how is this happening? Let me explain to you how they're cheating the system, how they're getting around testing, because the CCC and the CCC knows about this. As I shared you emails, I don't want to dox anybody. So I, I can say names. Catherine Bronkowski is one of them at the CCC who I was working with. I shared you emails about what was going on at INSA well before Warna died. The issue that is happening in dispensary and it's been exacerbated by COVID, unfortunately because test results are taking a little longer to get back but what happens is when you test cannabis and i hope everybody watching this can understand this you don't just bring out the dump trucks and put all your cannabis in and send it to the lab to get tested you send them a little sample in a very controlled container that's not exposed to the environment and they take that and they test it the rest of the cannabis at the dispensaries are being stored in conditions that are right to produce mold, mildew. They're in these very dilapidated warehouses where there's, you know, you see little mouse traps all over the place. And we had a um, river of feces that backed up in the toilets. And you can see my ex-fiance has a video of the, the river poop that was going down the hallway into the room where they were storing our vault room. So, I mean, you when you have these things happening and there's river you know of water in the hallway that's coming back up from the sewage system at that point you're going to grow mold and mold people don't realize how bad mold is it's bad enough that right now in massachusetts courthouses there's there's lawsuits over it with the people who are working in the courthouses so what ends up happening is the product that you're going to end up consuming is being stored incorrectly while the test results are coming back now, the company gets the result back. It says it's either because nothing has is completely clean. It's under the amount that they are allowed to say. So, so it's clean enough to sell is what it comes down to. However, 
that doesn't mean that the product is clean. That's been stored somewhere else. And that's now in a different state than the product that got tested. It could have now have mold. Yes. Yeah, oh, oh, definitely had mold in mind. So my job yeah. at the dispensary would be to come in to, to take this container, which I, I've showed you pictures of what it looked like. I mean, this stuff was disgusting and it was causing us sickness. It caused about eight people before I was fired after report whistleblow. You get fired when you whistleblow. Um, and then afterwards, several more people had to leave the room. But uh, again, at the end of the day, what, what ends up happening is they have somebody like me come in, we pick through it, and and they think that that's acceptable that to sell because it's it, this was touching, but not it doesn't have. Well, we know how mold works. It doesn't just stay. The molds are spores. And in fact, if you crack open a bud, you can kind of see the mold come up if it's got mold, a heavy amount of mold. And it, it's beautiful to look at, but it's, it causes massive, massive, massive health issues. I I just want to let your, your viewers know some of the people who are working at these dispensaries, because I came up just so that your viewers know. I worked commercial ambulance. I held a medical license in Connecticut. I worked on a fire department. Connecticut disaster response. I have I worked on the Federal Department of Health and Human Services for the federal government. You would think that they would listen when I was saying we have health issues. However, as your other guest said, they have the people there weren't certified in CPR. Well, it didn't matter any of my certifications. It didn't matter my background. When I was hired, I was hired for a dollar less than my fiance who was hired shortly after me. I was hired for a worse position and she was 15 years younger than I was. And it didn't matter my background. It didn't matter my experience. They were hiring based off a different standard. So the companies don't want to know this. They don't, to me, they were looking at me like, what are you doing here? They don't want this because at the end of the day, it's money. And as Catherine Bronkowski from the Massachusetts Cannabis Control Commission, the people who are supposed to be protecting us, the workers and the consumers, said there's a lot of money involved in this, John. Yeah, well, of course, there's a lot of money involved. So they go in and they let it go. And unfortunately, until people, I just, I don't want to take too much time, but I want to leave. For, for those of you thinking that there's going to be some sort of, oh, they sent in, for our company, they sent in an environmental testing company to make sure we were safe. Instead of putting the environmental testing device that would sniff for something that would cause respiratory around my neck, even though I was digging through moldy cannabis, they put the noise detector on me to make sure the cannabis wasn't screaming in my ear too loud. That was the detector they put on me to make sure it wasn't too noisy at my station where I picked through moldy cannabis instead of putting the is Jonathan sniffing mold that he's as he's going through this is the mold coming up into mm -hmm. my face is it coming into my respiratory system the masks that they're providing are not n95s they're hospital masks they do not prevent these type of these type of spores coming through and at the end of the day we're the ones being exposed to it we're the ones getting sick they're the ones making the money and it's certainly not like cultivation workers or any any workers at a dispensary are not making bank we're not the ones making money they are so you would think you're, you're, we're all, everybody's paying a lot of money at these dispensaries. I mean, you can go on the street. I'm not suggesting people go on the street, but when you're on the street, the, the CCC is telling us our cannabis is safe. You buy it, you get taxed. We're, this is because we're checking it to make sure it's safe. You don't go to the street because that could be anything. It could kill you, just like all the vitamin E pens. They're going to kill you. Come to our dispensary. They're safe. If they know the dispensaries aren't safe, then all we're doing is funneling money into the pockets of the people who already have money who could be using that money to make the product safer, but instead are using it to put in their own pocket. And don't expect your politicians to save you. 
as I showed Mike here, I've emailed and called multiple politicians multi on both sides of the aisle. This is not a political thing. No one cares. From the attorney general in the Massachusetts who wrote who wrote who, the email from his department came back, told me go back to the CCC and specifically said, yeah, shut. I hope I'm interested to see if there's a change. I ran into my uh, state rep elect on the street today. Just walking. We were both walking dogs. We had a 15 minute convo on this. She seemed totally interested. Maybe I'm being conned, but I think she's interested. I think this is a wake up call for a lot of the politicians. But I, I think there was like an ignorance gap on their end. I don't think they quite understood it. But you know, you know who I think really covered it up is the regulators. You know, these guys know what's going on. They, at this point, they they know. And I, I'm at the point where I'm questioning why. I'm like, you know, is, is the executive director of the Cannabis Control Commission, Sean Collins, is he looking to work at True Leave next? Is he looking to work at Netta? Is he looking to work at Parallel? Is he is he got a bidding war? Is he going to go work for Crawford, Costello, and whatever, the lobbyist group that basically works for these dispensaries? Is that his end game? Is that why he's protecting them? Because that's what it looks like to me. And so, I, I, you know, I think you're right. Attorney General, you should be pulling all his emails. Yeah. Like, I, I think the Attorney General should be looking into the Cannabis Control Commission and seeing if there's anything criminal going on. Because what was reported today by Commonwealth Magazine was, I can't figure it out. No one can. I'm shocked. And I'm not shocked because, you know, it's like, we kind of predicted this. It's so shocking, the stuff that we're finding out. I want to thank you both. Um, I want to, Jay, do you have any questions for John or any comments on what John's been saying too? Um, yeah, first of all, I just want to say, you know, you, it sounds like, you know, you really know what you're talking about and you're really focused and organized. And I appreciate you execute, executing everything that you've done because it's hard to get people to take this stuff seriously. And I'm kind of blown away that you sent that many emails and just got the response that you got. And at the same time, I'm also not surprised at all because I will say gaslighting is a huge problem in this industry. Like they'll be like, oh, well, you didn't speak up. And then you're like, so it's your fault. And then you do speak up. And then they're like, yeah, well, excuse, excuse, excuse. So, you know, you're just being gaslit all the way around. And I mean, we can't make any effective change if this is the way that we address issues. So, you know, I just really appreciate that you have been so diligent and so organized because that's what it's going to take to make changes in this industry. We've got to protect the people who can't protect themselves. The people who don't have the, the will to stand up or the ability, some people don't, I mean, that everybody is different everybody comes from different backgrounds and again the biggest thing is i want every i want everybody who's listening to this there's, there's a lot of politicians there's a lot of important people in massachusetts who know this company should have just terminated me at will but they made the mistake of talking and so that's where I, they, they've lost one legal battle they're gonna lose another one you want to slander that's the problem they want to slander they should have just said at will goodbye but they made that they made the mistake of slandering me. Oh my God. Yeah. I love that, John. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> we were not going to have enough time to go into the nitty gritty on that, but that's what parallel kind of like they yeah. painted themselves in the corner with the OSHA responses. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And I think that's, I know that's what you're, that's where I got them. The OSHA and, and that's you that's you you, you, you force them to go on the record against you. And that's where you get them. Cause they start lying. So you guys them. are awesome. Both of you, John and Jade, like, 
you're like up there with Ann Hassel, with Danny. You're you're heroes to us, honestly. You you document it. You stood up for yourself. You stood up for the workers. We have a lot of comments too. I want to post up here. I want to thank you both for coming on the show. I want to thank you for everything that you're do doing and done. Uh, Goldie Pips. Please keep wrote, whistleblowing. I don't mean to interrupt, yeah. but please, please keep whistleblowing. I need yeah. every worker out there in an industry, even if you lose your job, you can go after them legally. That's please right. whistleblow. Unless keep we a diary, up, more people keep a will diary, die. get a more diary going. Sending up, love and light pictures. to family and friends. Goldie Piff writes. Uh, David writes, my deepest regret is that uh, at the last company I worked for, I didn't document anything. See, yeah. we got to document everything. If you need help with that, you got two people right here. Uh, Jade's already given out the email. Uh, Donna says they should hire advocates to listen to the concerns of the employees. It's funny. Sometimes they do, but then they don't listen to the advocates. Uh, Goldie Piff writes, keep pushing. Uh, this is the dad of Warner wrote, I have a uh, contact for you, Laura. I'll give it to you. Uh, oh, he's talking, I think, privately on there. We're going to keep take that one down. <laughs> uh, Voldy for, uh, Piff wrote, this has to change. Uh, Danny wrote, exactly right on, John. And uh, again, uh, uh, the stepdad of Lorna wrote, I never even knew what the mold and pathogens, pathogens were until you guys told me about it. Yeah, none of us do. I didn't know way back then. And the employees. So you got to listen to your employees, whether you're a regulator or you're a boss right now. You got to listen to your employees. They know. They know what's going on. That's what we do. That's how I get all this news and information. Danny writes for $16 an hour. David writes great information. Yeah, coming from the who? The employees. You know, it's funny. We, we used to have like some of these CEO dudes come on. We find out more information from the employees. That's a waste of time talking to those folks. Goldie uh, Piff wrote, thanks, Jade. And she also wrote, thank you, John. You guys are getting a lot of response. I want to thank you both for coming on uh, tonight. And, and uh, David uh, also wrote, it's critical to make them lie, even if others aren't hip to what's going on, because you document or make some kind of note on that and draw back on it later. I would 100% tell you to document everything make a journal send yourself emails you know you know do what you can not to get caught but document everything uh we're the young jerks my name is mike crawford we're speaking to two whistleblowers one from florida jade she worked at parallel she's got uh quite a few things that happened to her over there that weren't cool we're exposing big cannabis and we also have john who worked at insa and he also had a lot of health and safety. Both of them experienced health and safety issues at their workplaces. Uh, I want to thank you both so much for calling in tonight. Is there any, let's, let's last words tonight. Uh, let's go to Jade first. Do you have, what do you want to finally leave the audience tonight? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, just that reiteration of document everything. Um, you know, maybe your coworkers, maybe your employees are going to look at you funny, but at the end of the day, they've got a lot of money and they've got big lawyers. All you have is your documents. So if you want to protect yourself, that's going to be critical, you know, to making sure that your voice is heard, that you're listened to and that they don't continue to gaslight you. And also, too, that, um, you know, in light of like everything going on, especially like in regards to Lorna's death, um, you know, another problem I feel like is a lot of these regulations, like 
you know, they're minimal, these regulations, but the existing regulations that exist, a lot of the time, these people that create these laws, these rules, regulations, they're not talking to the people that it actually affects. And that's the problem. There's a huge gap in understanding because they're not talking to the workers who actually have to deal with these safety hazards. So how are you going to honestly know what the best effective tools to preventing incidents from occurring and just keeping people safe? You know, there has to be more communication between these agencies and the people that are actually doing the work. Don't talk to these executives because half the time they don't know what's going on. They maybe they pop in for five seconds. Maybe they never come on site at all. Like these people aren't really the authority on these issues. So, you know, that's why I wanted to, to speak on it, because, you know, Lorna shouldn't have died. Like it's tragic. It's frustrating. And um, I've almost died multiple times, at the, you know, working in cannabis and I'm lucky to be here today. So, you know, we need to keep this conversation going and we need to put worker safety at the forefront. I'm looking forward to talking a lot more with you and, you know, just do a, like an hour on everything that happened to you because your story is just crazy and it's just it shows what what happens at these places. Uh, thank you so much for calling in tonight, Jade. Thank thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be a part of this. We're, we're glad that you're part of this big time. Uh, we also have John here. John, tell us your final thoughts tonight. You filed the OSHA complaint. You documented everything. What are your final thoughts tonight on Lorner, on what's happening? What do, you, what do you got for us? What First, do you want I want to thank know? you for taking your time today, Mike. I mean, for, for, this is what we need. We need more people to do it. And you're focusing on the issue and you're raising your voice. Um, you know, you're giving your voice, your audience. And that's that's what matters. We have more people who are standing up. And the more the, the, the that echo chamber gets out to people saying, look, it's it's not just the, co the workers need to know it's time to speak up. The consumers need to know that, you know, there's a huge movement with people looking to get healthier. And the reason why we're, we go to dispensaries is because we expect a better product. We expect it to be healthy. We expect it to be tested and we expect it to be clean. And if it's not, then we need to push for that because these companies are making money. It's not like they're not making their money off of it. So it's time to put the money into making the product be what it is, a better product versus having the trash that they're giving now. Again, I, I hope if as long as we keep this pushing, we we can get it forward. But no one's listening on on the legal on the uh, legislative end. They don't want to hear about it. They just now there's especially now that there's somebody has died. So to Laura, and lastly, I just want to say to Laura's parents, I'm really sorry. I it's not. I, I, I'm going to keep pushing, and I hope you keep pushing, and I hope other people people keep pushing. Uh, and I'm sorry for your loss, and it didn't have to happen. And I'm sorry. Thank you so much, uh, both of you, for coming on tonight. I know Laura is trying to uh, call in as well, uh, Lorna's mom. Uh, there is a phone number. We will open the lines. Hopefully, we can take your call in a little bit at 978-560-3155. We have some other people in our green room that we're going to bring up, too. Again, I want to thank Jonathan and Jade, and uh, I hope to spend much more time with you, you both covering your cases and just having you on panels because i think you're both great and you have a lot of knowledge so i want to thank you both for coming on tonight first time you're awesome thanks you're awesome oh you are thank you uh that was jade and john from florida and massachusetts uh we've got two other folks 
uh, in the green room that I want to bring up because I think they may have some stories as well. We have Bobby Martinez, and we also have Honest Her. Oh, Honest Herb. We just gotta call him Herb because my old producer is Herb. Are they there? Are they off of mute? Yes, they are. Uh, what do you both have to? You know, let's introduce yourselves. What do you, you know? What do you have to say? Hey, Mike. Let's with the lady first, hey, Bobby Mike. Martinez. Hey, Mike. Uh... First, I just want to say, you know, my condolences to to Lorna's family. Um, when I first initially heard this story uh, through your your podcast, it really hit home for me. Um, still to this day, my my heart aches for that young woman and her family and her coworkers who who had to see her loss. Um, I a little bit about my background. Uh, I went to school for controlled environment agriculture, um, did a lot of uh, vertical farming related to food, um, went into the, the cannabis space um, and quickly realized uh, the lack of regulation and enforcement um, was, was a stark difference from my days in food production, which was regulated by the FD, FDA and, and USDA um, you know, in, in many aspects. Um, and so it was kind of a culture shock, really, when I, I got into the, the cannabis space, um, again, at, you know, after initially getting in as a, an entry level worker, um, after, you know, going to school and, and working in vertical farming, I, I went back with a little bit better understanding of, of, uh, you know, safety when it comes to occupational safety, product safety, um, and, and really just, felt a bit um, demoralized by some of the standards uh, that I was seeing. And uh, eventually from there, um, you know, after, after getting into a position of management at, a, at cultivation, at production, um, that, that really sparked my, uh, my passion um, for consumer safety and product safety. So I ended up actually getting hired in the New Mexico Cannabis Control Division as the first uh, compliance officer. Um, I then, after a few months, uh, ended up getting promoted to the compliance manager uh, position where I oversaw all of the New Mexico licensed businesses in terms of compliance and, and them adhering to uh, rules and regulation. And uh, you know, I'm not necessarily here, um, you know, in terms of being a whistleblower or anything like that. Uh, but I, I really just wanted to give my perspective as far as, um, you know, being in being a worker in that space and then also overseeing licensed facilities, um, some of the working conditions and the product that was coming out, uh, you know, still, you know, tended to be a, a very big concern of mine. And in, in New Mexico, I'm not super familiar with how other uh, legislation is written in other states, but in, in my home state, um, <clears throat> cannabis is really overseen by different agencies. Um, so you have the Cannabis Control Division, um, but you also have Department of Environment who oversees manufacturers. You have uh, OSHA um, as well. And I think one of the biggest issues that I saw was the lack of interagency communication and collaboration. Um, and I even, you know, from my experience felt like some of these agencies and even law enforcement as well. Um, I felt a lot of these, these various agencies didn't know 
what was theirs to enforce, what was theirs, you know, what was their um, jurisdiction as far as overseeing these companies. Um, and oftentimes they lacked resources um, to provide to the oversight of, of this, this, uh, this industry. Um, and so, you know, part of my job when I was, was a regulator was not only to oversee these businesses, um, train my compliance staff, but also creating the systems within the agency, within my department, within compliance, because it was such a new agency. I got hired back in January and uh, adult use started in April. And so, you know, I needed to even just figure out the back end of how do I get my compliance officers trained? How do I create checklists? Like, what are the things that we're prioritizing, um, you know, when we're doing inspections? And um, I, I fortunately did have a director at the time who came from industry. Um, and, uh, you know, it was really me and her who, who came from industry. And so we had a very strong sense of the context of of how to implement these, these rules and regulations and why they mattered. Um, and for me, my, my focus was always the safety of the product and the occupational safety of those who, who ultimately are, are making these businesses run. On Speaking a day of that, because I, I want to ask you about what's going on in Massachusetts with the Cannabis Control Commission, because like you said, OSHA and the Cannabis Control Commission, like you, like you mentioned, New Mexico, they don't seem to be working together, right? OSHA fined Trulief right. for three infractions about lack of training. You know, not it's pretty much not informing the workers of what they're up against, you know, not pro pro properly preparing them for it. They fine them. But now the Cannabis Control Commission, this happened in January, this death. Now it's October. And the Cannabis Control Commission says they have an open investigation and won't comment on it. Like, shouldn't they automatically have suspended this company? Should it have taken 10? Like, we have an open investigation for 10 months about a death when in two weeks I knew all of, like, I've found out so much information about this. Like, does that seem weird? Like, what? why do you think that's going on? You've been on the inside of these organizations in New Mexico. Do you have any kind of insight on what could be happening at the mass cannabis control commission that would take 10 months for them to basically do nothing at this point. You know, I, I can't speak to what's happening in their agency. I don't have all the facts in front of me. Um, but what I do know is a lot of these governmental agencies are very scared of being sued. Um, right now we are in an election year um, in my home state for, for governor. Um, and all of these uh, these governmental em employees who are appointed to these agencies, you know, they're at the will of of the governor's appointment. Um, so, from my experience, you know, especially just being in you know in one of these agencies during an election year, their priority is you know what's coming out in the media, um, making sure that you know, whoever appointed them is staying in, in a, a place of power. Um, and I don't necessarily think it's, it's nefarious. Um, but I do think, you know, they don't even realize how dangerous these places are again, because they don't really have the context as far as being on the ground floor. Um, you know, I, I, when I was there, we were getting, um, employees calling in and saying, 
you know, they, they weren't getting paid. They were saying, you know, they were working under these types of conditions. They knew regulations weren't being followed and they brought these, uh, these concerns up to their management and they were dismissed. Um, and so I, I don't know what the solution is, but I know we all need to do better. Thank um, you so much, Bobby. Yeah, this is great. You've been offering us a lot of insight. Um, just about the way things run. And I really appreciate you. You're taking time with us tonight. Absolutely. Anyway, can contribute and uh, shine some light on this, on this issue, because I think, you know, we, as tragic as, as this death is, we can't, you know, we have to do better. And the only way we do better is we bring attention to, to the, this tragedy and, and make sure that it doesn't happen again. Uh, we also have Herb here. Herb, tell us about your situation. What what do you have to say tonight? Hey, how you doing, Mike? I appreciate what you're what you're doing here, bringing the attention to this. Condolences to Lorna's family. Um, it, it's it's it simply should have never happened. It it's it's a shame. I mean, they, I've been in the cultivation, the legal cultivation industry, for approximately seven years. Um, I've managed teams, I've supervised teams, I've, I've ran complete sections of the grows. Um, if, if I was her supervisor, she would have not been working in post-harvest rolling, <laughs> rolling freaking little, you know, it's just, it's a shame. It's a shame. It's, it's just, it should have never happened. The fact that she brought to light that she had, um, you know, that, that she could have generated asthma from just the conditions of the workplace she was working in. And, and I heard that she was, she was coming to work in like normal street clothes. I, it just, none of this makes sense to me. I mean, I, I believe it because I've seen it firsthand. And, and being a worker and, and, you know, noticing certain things like when the HVAC units are, are dripping condensate over the plants. And I mean, you tell someone and it sits like that for weeks. It's just, it, they just, it's all about the dollar. It's, it's sad to say, but there's, there's no one to fight for us. Except for us. We got to fight for us. I mean, that's what's happening here. Except for us, man. Yeah. HR? What HR? And, you know, it's funny now. They're noticing us now. Like, I know that they're following what this is. They have no choice to now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a shame because it took took that poor girl's life. You know, it's... I can't even imagine the comments, how many people have had these similar circumstances at at their work and... I mean, told someone, wrote the incident report, and it just never got followed up. It, do you, now, do you, just, you've worked at these places, Massachusetts, Herb. Uh, have you seen the mold and, and the, yeah, the oh, yeah. dust in the air? Is that common? I, yeah. gar- I guarantee there's mold at 85% of these, of these big-name corps around here in Massachusetts. 85% of them just have mold. I mean, we grow in environments that are very appealing to mold. So unless, I mean, we, we do our best, but it is there. Um, at, 
at the packaging stage, I mean, it should have, it should have never made it that far down the line. Um, but it's, it's, it's there. Whether we need to use, come up with different, different SOPs to protect us or, or infiltrate some sort of, I don't know, just there needs to be someone. <laughs> yeah, there needs to be a lot of change. They need to start focusing on workers. Um, I just wanted to let everyone know, we, we do have the phone number up. People have been calling us, people from all across the country, actually. We just had a call from Oregon coming in. I mean, people are listening to the show tonight. So I'm going to turn on the, uh, the Bluetooth setup. Just takes a minute, hopefully. And we're going to be able to take phone calls. So if people want to try again, uh, we will take phone calls. 978-560-3155. Really hard. Uh, you guys heard that. You were here. Um, what do you say, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You guys are crying too, aren't you? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm That's making my guests cry. From This is a hard show, isn't it? I mean... Jesus. It's the worst because it could have been prevented with some 100%. training. 100%. And 27. 27. You know? And she just got shit going good. Like, it was just, when I hear about her, it wasn't easy for Lorna. And she kept going. She's a fighter. You know? Like, it's that time of age where you come to your own, you know? And she was there. So close. Right. She fell for the, the facade, the big corporation thinking, you know, you're getting in there and you're going to work your way up. And little do you know, you're in a, a Keith dusted room working for minimum wage. Oh, man. People saying they couldn't hear you, Laura, tonight. Oh, yeah, my I had God. a hard time here. I had it turned off. Holy fuck, man. I didn't hear oh, Trent either. Oh, I'm crying now. If I did, yeah. I, I wish I people had commented earlier. Damn it. <laughs> I, I didn't get like, that I call. I hope he doesn't ask me. No, nah, I missed the whole call. It was it was on mute. Oh, the, how the fuck can I hear that? And no one else could. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> uh, Maybe it's better people didn't hear a call. That means we it didn't was, get it on the it recording either. Huh? faint i mean i really had my phone up my head up to the phone it was faint i could i could hear some of you could hear it was saying yeah i could hear yeah, it there too but it didn't go through the stream yard yeah I, the I phone line him, someone had, uh yep someone had whacked it out it was probably me i don't know oh, i'm still learning this new system that sucks but you know what it is what it is you know i'm sure it won't be the last time you i know with her Yep. <laughs> oh man, that's so weird. I've had a rough time tonight. People can tell. Yeah, no one could hear Laura. Unfortunately, they're, they're all telling me now. <laughs> it's too late, guys. You should have told me before. No, I'm like yeah. losing it. And I still can't. I'm still trying to like figure out what was wrong with it. It's like the red button's on and it won't turn off. It's weird. That's where I need my girlfriend down here. No, oh, I just figured it out. Oh, we're the Young Jerks. If anyone wants to call in, um, you know, you can call in again. Uh, we, 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 I guess we just fixed the phone line. <laughs> oh, this has been a tough show. 978-560-3155.
folks, maybe you didn't want to hear Laura because I mean, that was, you, that was a brutal call. It was really difficult to take. Uh, do you have any last final thoughts, Bobby or, uh, or Herb tonight? Yeah. Keep the focus on the CCC. Uh, it's this, this, they have, uh, they have a big, big part in this. And uh, I just want to give a shout out to Catherine over at the CCC. She's a, she's a peach. Thank you. And Bobby, you have any final thoughts? Yes, I agree. Let's keep the pressure um, on regulators and other agencies who should be protecting these workers at these facilities. Um, one other thing I just want to mention, because um, I've heard a couple times people had said, you know, they're, they're purchasing respirators um, to have on hand at the facilities. Um, if you're a worker, know that uh, even if you are provided a respirator, your company does need to have a respirator protection program in which you do have to see a, a physician to make sure you're even healthy enough to wear a respirator. You need to make sure that the mask actually fits your face and that you can work with the respirator through an eight hour period or however long you're gonna be exposed to any of these hazards. Um, I can't stress this enough and I hate to put the burden um, on the employees because it shouldn't be there. Um, but to protect yourself, make sure you know your rights and the resources that are out there, which is going to be OSHA and uh, any of these other um, cannabis agencies, reach out to them and continue pushing that regulation is enforced, specifically when it comes to, to worker safety um, and product safety, because those are the most important things. Thank you so much, Bobby. Thank you, Herb. Uh, I want to thank everyone for calling in tonight. McCartney. Uh, I want to thank Jade. I want to thank Jonathan. I want to thank Laura. I apologize, Laura. I screwed up and I didn't get you on the air. I also think our other caller probably didn't make the air either. <laughs> oh, I failed at producing tonight. My first big fail in a while. I've been, I've been pretty good. It's, it's sometimes tough to host and produce, especially tonight. It's a difficult show, so I'm going to give myself a pass. Uh, but uh, I'm kind of bummed on that. i got to be honest with you. We're the Young Jerks. I want to thank everyone for calling in tonight. I want to thank everyone for supporting the story online. Uh, again, if you want to call in, our phone number, 978-560-3155. Put it in your phone for next time. You can also leave us a voicemail if you have something you want to add uh, to the story. You can reach out to us. We have an email, mjcboston1 at gmail or at Yahoo. Let me say that again. mjcboston1 at yahoo.com. I want to thank everyone for supporting us. If you're listening for the first time on iTunes or anywhere, YouTube, please subscribe. Give us a review. Give us a thumbs up. Do, do all those good things for us. Share it with your friends. We're the Young Jerks. We'll be back. We're going to stay on this story. We've got a lot more to come. Not giving up for, for Lorna or her family. I want to thank everyone. Young Jerks, check it out. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>